Hey, this is Adam Green, creator of the Hatchet franchise and the TV show Holliston, and you are listening to Nightmare Junkhead. and out of your consciousness like a bad dream you can't wake from this is the nightmare junkhead podcast horror podcast that appreciates the subtle difference between kabuki and bukkake <laughs> my name is greg d <laughs> i'm genius mcgee and on today's <laughs> episode our month of musical mayhem comes to a close as we face our fears and talk 2014's stage fright and you don't have to be part of the Glee Club to listen into our show. Simply search for Nightmare Junkhead wherever podcasts are played. Hit subscribe, and when we drop our latest episode, it will download directly to your listening device of choice. All up in your song hole. And of course, if you're out there on social media, you can follow us on Twitter. You can find us uh, at Nightmare Junk on Facebook at Nightmare Junkhead. And of course, that is on the Book of Face, where we have an events tab, which again leads to... Shenanigans! And campy shenanigans! And as this episode is releasing on Friday, May 28th, Screenland Armory, you know they have your uh, your genre needs taken care of indoors, outdoors, and virtually. And on that particular Friday, our latest Friday Night Fright, Ooh. one of probably my favorite horror films from the 80s, which can kind of put it in running to my favorite horror films of all time. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is equal parts Rear Window, equal parts Vampire Hammer film, and just equal parts Wonderful. It's great. We're talking 1985's Fright Night for Real. <laughs> Dinner's in the oven. Cannot wait to see that on the big screen. Mm-hmm. And. Have totally appreciated that movie for quite some time, oh, yeah. and it's just one of those that's always in the rotation. So whenever you get a chance to see it up on the big screen, you don't want to hold out. Oh yeah, thirty foot Amy mouth. Yeah, that's frightening. Yeah. Well, you want to talk about frightening? The uh, really quickly, our last Friday night fright, we had a chance to sit in on Maximum Overdrive. Yeah. And the best part was we had a really good turnout. Mm-hmm. which I was really, really surprised on. Again, between The Brood and Maximum Overdrive, Kansas City, y'all are some of our favorite horror fans. Oh, yeah. And those are opposite sides of the spectrum. Completely <laughs> opposite sides of the spectrum. But um, great turnout, great crowd, and they did appreciate both that everything went into Maximum Overdrive. Yay! And you make love like a hero. <laughs> But what this particular crowd really responded to was the waitress. We made you! With every little bit that she became unhinged, more and more of the crowd started giggling more and really getting into it. So by the time when she's full on, we made you! And then the... Lost it. People lost it. She needed to be played by Susan Day George. That way, like... (laughs) We made you... (laughs) Well, hold that thought, because here I do believe in the month of July, we might just be getting a film. Oh, that's exactly what I think it is? Yeah, I do believe. I do believe. But now, of course, then the other repertory screening indoors is going to be a recent one, uh, Tiffany Haddish's Girls Trip. 
Have not seen that. I have not seen that either. However, I know that it is completely beloved. I like Tiffany Haddish, though. She's funny. She's freaking hysterical. Yeah, she she And she can command a screen like nobody's business. Now, of course, if you're not ready to come indoors, that's okay. Because outdoors on Friday on the 28th, staying true with our musicals, in fact, it was on the list of musicals we were going to mm-hmm. talk about. Uh, little Shop, Little Shop of Horrors, Little Shop, Little Shop of Terrors, Pop, 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 Doo-Wah, one of my faves. Yeah, it's great. Between Audrey 2, just the practical miracle that Ooh. is Audrey 2. Happy ending or the or the bummer the ending. Yeah, I or don't know. I'm cut. curious to see which one they they really break out for that. Oh man. Makes a difference. I kind of I kind of want to go and just sit there and be like uh, cook like Betty Crocker and dress like Donna Reed. Somewhere that's great. Carol Channing is going to come out in full force. I'm not saying Family Guy has ruined everything for me, but <laughs> man, oh man. Family Guy has, between that and then watching St. Maud the other day, <laughs> <laughs> and just Olive, and this then there's Maud. It just, oh, man, oh man. It's just <laughs> one of those things. Now, on Saturday, a film that I saw back in. 1985 as well, in the theater, it launched a franchise, uh, gave Michael J. Fox just his true calling, but we're going to go back to the future. (laughs) Hey, Marty! (laughs) You want to go back in time? (laughs) (laughs) Actually, one of those films that is darn near perfect, man. Like, it legit There's a reason why it's a beloved franchise. It's fucking rad. It is unbelievably rad. Now, that is, of course, outdoors. That very Saturday, though, virtually, we're bringing back our latest Shutter shout-out. <laughs> and we, and we, we did a little bit of an audible here. Mm-hmm. We changed from uh, Skull the Mask and PG Psycho Gorman. We're staying with PG. We're staying with... Oh, we can't... We, the Archduke of Nightmares commands no less. We love our hunky boys, but we decided to pair it up with something that would be able to we'd be able to stream beforehand, mm-hmm. scheduling aside, and we thought we'd go with kids and monsters, mm-hmm. kids and creatures, kids and creatures. Got to go with the alliteration, and the one we're going to be showing beforehand is monsters, which the anti pieces. Yes, and that's going to be a first timer for both of us. Now, these of course are streaming on Shutter. So you can feel free to stream along with us that Saturday. But if you would like some customized content that includes a pre-show, customized introduction by yours truly, Genius McGee and myself, mm-hmm. trailer reel, and of course, post-film discussion, all you have to do is become a member of the Screenland film family by heading over to patreon.com Screenland. And of course, that is the tip of the tier over there. They have a number of wonderful perks to definitely... Be able to show your allegiance and, you know, just say, hey, I appreciate you, Screenland. Mm-hmm. Now, if we're talking Patreon and we're talking film family. Hey, pallies. Turns out we have a new pally to say hi to. All right, new pally. Hey, new pally. <laughs> and this pally actually is someone that is not a stranger to Screenland. Mm-hmm. Is not a stranger to Friday Night Frights. Not a stranger to Film Club. At all, at all. This is a good shout-out to our good friend Jim. Mm -hmm. Jim, how are you doing there, good sir? Hope everything's going well, man. Hope life's treating you good. Absolutely. And, you know, we I he actually was out, what was right before The Brood? Because he missed out on The No, actually, I think he was there for The Brood. brood. That's right. He was there for The Brood. And we talked a little bit about it. And, like, yeah, 
I hope I think everybody at the brood had a good time. I think they did. I think between Can you the, handle this? Yeah. I think between the little bits of laughter that we had throughout. <laughs> yeah. But I think Jim was stalwart, definitely sitting in there, and do we appreciate the support and yeah. the love. Yeah, he's definitely he's definitely a film fan. He we've sat through some shit together. <laughs> you guys have seen some things? We've seen some things. We've seen some things. Well, man, we appreciate the support over there, Jim. And of course, if you would like You're to You're fucking rad. As Genius does. And if you would like to become a member of our film family, head on over to patreon.com slash nightmare junkhead. And we've got a tier, everything from a squiddly diddly to another time. Another place. And I will say a little shout out here. Actually got a little bit of love from the commentary. They did appreciate it. And they did appreciate your singing voice. Really? Oh, yes. Oh, Oh, yes. So, Yeah, right? You are good, my friend. No, we actually, for for this month, we did put together a sing-along Rocky Horror Picture Show commentary. Mm -hmm. It was fun. And when I say sing-along, it's primarily this one Genius McGee (laughs) shouldering the weight. You're like the Atlas of singers, my friend, just the burden of the world. It's the dynamic tension. It is, it is. Well, you came out good, my friend. So head on over to patreon.com slash nightmarejunkhead for all that and then some. And man, oh, man... This has been a fun month. This has been a blast month. This is something we're going to have to revisit because mm-hmm. I know there are more horror musicals out there that we haven't touched upon. Right. Um, but the ones that we put together here, in terms of when we were programming everything, specifically, I knew I was going to get at least two new viewings and then revisiting a couple of ones that I, you know, kind of not comfort per se, but enjoyable. Uh-huh, definitely. And one was a new one for me. Yes, and again, we're always looking to kind of expand yeah, our horizons exactly. when we can here. But everything from the lure, Phantom of the Paradise, last week had Voyage of the Rock Aliens. Mm-hmm. And when you made the suggestion for this one, uh, this one, it came down to this and Little Shop of Horrors. And originally, I thought you were talking about a film. The Owlhead? The Owlhead, yes. Uh, we are talking 2014 Stage Fright. I thought you were talking Stage Fright from 1987. <laughs> and I was like... There's no musical numbers in that one. I know it's said in a theater, but I didn't think they broke out into song and dance. Mm-hmm. Although I will say, if you want to hear my uh, thoughts on 1987 Stage Fright, part of our uh, Squidly Diddly tier, and is actually also releasing this very Friday, because I wanted Ooh. to contrast 87 with 2014. Multiple Stage Frights. Stage Fright is very real. Mm-hmm. And what I love with the film also, before we even get into all the specifics and everything, is with a the theater... I think they can definitely say there are two types of people. Those that like to be behind the curtain. Mm-hmm. And, and those, those that like to be right in front. And what, while I was watching this film, and it was my <laughs> first time viewing, I should say, when that thought came along, I'm like, man, I see why I think our friendship works and the podcast works. Because I am definitely one of those people behind the curtain. You're the techie. Oh, I am completely the techie. <laughs> I need a little headset on. I'm not going to be a tyrant behind the scenes. You know, it's all collaboration. But when it comes to the spotlight, when it comes to being center stage, mm-hmm. I can think of only one and only Genius McGee. Right. I'm, just, I'm ready for it. Da, 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 da. Tell a joke. Okay, so let me tell you about this. The other day. <laughs> you could do jokes. You could do songs. You can do dance. I mean, you are. A triple <laughs> I'd like to I think feel like, the, like I should be like a waiter in Hollywood right now. I'm a triple threat, leaving my head shots by like, oh hell, hey, Mr. Spielberg, here you go, you know, like, and here's your happy meal. 
Spielberg wouldn't be eating at McDonald's, but you know, I'd like to think that he's a, like maybe a connoisseur of Happy Meals potentially. Like he's just got that collector bug in him. Probably he goes. Do you guys have this toy in the back? I'm like, we'll go look mm, for you, Mister Spielberg. Maybe. Do you have a role for me in your new film? Right. And as I go look in the back, it's like at the end of Raiders. It's just this box. <laughs> They're all being uh, taken in by top men, Mister Spielberg. We <laughs> promise. Top men. And there's a whole bunch of scientists with SpongeBob toys. And only if you can get William Hootkin back there as well, though. <laughs> then that truly adds everything to it. But to get us back to 2014 Stage Fright, I was not familiar with this film at all. Do you remember your initial interactions with it? It was, a, I want to say it was a rental. I think it was when Netflix used to do by mail. When they only did by mail? Mm-hmm. It's either that or one of the last days of Blockbuster, I think. I'm trying to remember. No, that, that's, too, or that's too late. No, I think it was a Netflix one. And I remember watching it. I'm like, I like musicals and horror musicals. Let's see what this is about. And I'm like, this is great. It's violent. It's gory. It's funny. The song, it's very musical musical. It's not like rock opera musical. It's different a little bit than what we've experienced so far Mm -hmm. in our month of May here. Um, Let me ask you this. And I, I know, but I want everyone out there to, are you a fan of Glee? I liked the first season, but after that, like deep in my soul, I despise acapella, pop acapella. That's what I was getting at because I know that is like between that and like Ari Aster, it's just like those two little hot buttons that I know. But I watched the first season because it was the thing. It was huge, right? And I'm like, I enjoyed it because, of course, being in the musical theater, you know, I'm aware of that. Hell, I was an acapella choir. In high school. You self-loather, I right? swear. Well, it's the it's the acapella pop I don't like. Okay. I don't like regular, like if it's chamber music or something, yeah. where, but if it's like that acapella pop. She's got eyes that are clear to me, reminds me of childhood memories. You so know? you're saying if they were to set something maybe in feudal China, you would have issues with it potentially, yeah, that postmodern well, sensibility? No, because that's like... like I'm still another time, another place, <laughs> you know? But it's that pop acapella. And I like old school remixes of, like, popular songs, but not when it's just voices. Okay, that's I w- fair. I want a little bit of instrument in my music. So did you like high school musical at all? No, i never seen it. Okay, okay. I, I'm not that much of a musical fan. <laughs> that is fair. Again, <laughs> testing the limits, just seeing where the boundaries are. Right. Because, I mean, there are some musical fans that... They're probably doing the same thing, except they're not touching any of the horror films. Right. Because of maybe their stances on horror. So it's good to know, though, at least, that the musicals kind of invade all genres. Mm -hmm. And you don't necessarily have to be a fan of horror to enjoy the musical. And, I mean, right off the bat with this particular one, I was shocked at the level of gore. Yeah. Especially that first kill. Yes. Took me by surprise. But also... I don't know how I mixed them up. This is kind of like a Sharon Stone, Australian road warrior person, but (laughs) I thought it was Mimi Rogers in this movie, not Minnie Driver. That happens to me, too. Really? It's like a Paxton Pullman thing. Okay, that is fair. I'm glad I'm not... Mimi Rogers and and Minnie Driver. I think it's just the the Mimis and the Minis and the... Well, and... From the get go, and listen, I like Mini Driver. Actually, I'm a, I am a fan. Right, I me am, too. I am. I, I will put that Family Guy thing on the side about her giant five head because I have a five head as well. I like Mini Driver, and I like um, 
Mimi Rogers. I like <laughs> them both. I had to stop and think about your <laughs> eyes went crossed for exactly. a second. <laughs> I just started start seeing numbers and like fucking. And then Andy McDowell comes into the mix, and I'm like, ah. I was afraid you might go back in time. Actually, you just like you 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 found that little like wormhole potentially. I had to defrag for a second. They're talking <laughs> about it. it was wrong. But all those people showing up then on the credits of this movie, and again, the fact that we're talking Rocky Horror. Meatloaf. We got Meatloaf. Meatloaf. We got aged Meatloaf. Mm-hmm. We got Meatloaf with a mustache. And I'm not sure how I feel with it. I dig it. Did you? Because it's like, he's, again, he's aged Meatloaf. He's past his Eddie period. He's grown up now, and he's like a sleazy producer. So It, it, it kind of works. It works. Especially if you look at it as an extension of just his career and what he's done. He's come a long way from bitch tits Bob. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> well, I'd like to think especially with like the younger cast that he had there that he was like, you know, regaling tales, you know, of the, the wizard. Let me tell you of the back in the days of when we used to tour and cocaine was readily available. Uh, I would do anything for glove. Had this <laughs> I had this friend named Frank Reynolds that suggested a few things <laughs> to me back in the day. <laughs> Again, I can totally see that. Um, hell, the fact that in an always sunny it's Philadelphia the Dayman musical. I mm-hmm. mean, that is a full-on that is musical. A musical. So, but what I like about this, it does never takes itself seriously at all. In fact, the first thing we see is this is based on true events. <laughs> How uh, the names have been kept the same, however, the musical Music. numbers have been changed to protect everybody's identity. And I, 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 I got a giggle. I got a giggle, and that sets it up. Quite well. And that's just it. It's not pretending to be anything pretentious. Mm-hmm. It's not self-serious. This is a gory glee, basically, yeah. Yeah. more than anything. Phantom of the Band Camp. Yeah, it, it totally is. I think you even mentioned that before when you're kind of selling me on mm-hmm. this movie. And I'm not going to say that I was skeptical because I've embraced everything that we've watched here. But even then, I'm like, oh, you know, it's like... Well, because when you think of like theater camp and you think of like band camp and glee... It, that's not everybody's flavor. No, you know? not at all. And so, not at all. like, I could see the hesitation. Well, and it wasn't even that, but it was just, you know, something familiar like Little Shop of Horrors and talking about that versus something new. But it was the fact that it was something new. And again, it's all about expanding the horizons. <laughs> and oh, were my horizons expanded. And my goodness, from the, the opening kill, which. Violent and bloody as shit. I was not expecting the love. I've even seen it before. And I was like, oh, yeah, goddamn, that's bloody. Well, especially after the little bit of the intro we get, the comic the comic sensibilities that we see, mm-hmm. to then get basically getting the pipes cut out. And it's Mini Driver. It's it's, a, is, it's the psycho move. Yeah. It's the scream move. Yeah. You put the biggest star up in front, and then you kill him. She's top building this. And then they kill her off in the first five minutes. Pretty sneaky stage fright. Right. But I tell you, though, I got immediate vibes from this. And granted, here in the month of July, we're going back to, we will be going back to camp. But I got a Final Girls kind of mm-hmm. feel from this flick as well. With the whole uh, parental. The daughter mm-hmm. and the, pr- yeah. Oh, no. And I wasn't expecting that. And I wasn't expecting a little bit of a heartfelt little thing with that as well. And the fact that it's funny. It's legit it's funny. legit funny. And the songs are so musical-esque and yet fun. Well, let's go ahead and look at our musical tropes here. The first one we said is, do in, do, do people come in like full-on choreographed dance numbers with everyone involved? And oh, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. In fact, in fact, I have a little bit of that because, god damn, from, this is the musical number the that... The first day of camp song? Oh, my goodness. I mean, it just 
perked me up. And then the I'm so gay, but not in that way. Not in that way. <laughs> and as it turns out, but here's a little bit a little bit of a ditty from uh, the full song. Uh, it's not we're gay. I think it's like something different, but on YouTube it says we're gay. <laughs> It's so friendly, and it's like a roll call but for all the people in there. But there's like terror. It's one of those oh. again. It's terrible, terrible shit that they're talking about in the guise of a happy like march. Where like he's, they call me gay and beat me up and slap me really bad. I'm sorry about the kids at school. No, that was my dad. Wah wah. And I'm like, God damn! I giggled and laughed. That's at the just same it. time. <laughs> Well, of course you feel bad because it's proof positive. <laughs> you can put a poppy beat behind something. You can put a little di different change in the delivery. And you can have the most heinous, sad things still sound fun. <laughs> but when you break it down, oh. Right? Aww. And it's all about everyone being bullied. Yeah. Every, like every other you know day of the year. And this is their safe haven where everybody can be themselves and not worry about like being persecuted. It's almost like con. It. You it know? really is. Well, it's it, to me, that is one of those things. And that's why I think this movie did kind of speak to me, because it is all about having that one area where you can be yourself. Mm -hmm. You can be unfiltered. and You, you can don't like what you like and yes, pursue what you love. And not have to worry about some just random jerk that is going to go out of their way to show you how wrong you are. Or just mm -hmm. how it just it was very life affirming. <laughs> But again, though, it's just all about... Until the murders. The, well, it's the catharsis <laughs> in the song about just like, we're bullied all the time. Here, let's be weird. Let's, we get you to know, be ourselves. We can be indoor kids, outdoor kids. We can sing whenever we want. Mm -hmm. And it also, within the confines of the bus, and then when they all pull up, I'm getting like strong Sleepaway Camp vibes. Very strong. Sleepaway Camp, the musical. Oh. The problem is, though, Angela would be mute. Like the first like three quarters of the musical, but she tap dances. Oh, I could see her doing a tap. <laughs> that would be. And then <laughs> at the end, ta da! You know, just like <laughs> and cut. Wow, that's actually not a bad idea, my friend. Judy, 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 and she's like -na 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 -na. all the other dancers have the side ponytail. When someone's using a mic for her, it could actually be a curling iron. Yeah, there we go. And then, like, there's the camp counselor. Gonna go. Uh, no, the, the old male. He's like, stepping out with my baby. I ain't wrong, cause I'm in right. He's like the only one singing jazz standards from the 20s. <laughs> Ricky could definitely be just all of his music is just Let's, nothing but swearing. Yeah. <laughs> I see you driving around town picking on Angela, so I'm like, fuck you, right? And then there's that one counselor in the background, let's get physical, physical, I want to get physical, shop at Mel's Body Shop, shop at Mel's Body Shop. So does everyone get their own little private number to kind of say who they are, what mm -hmm. the person I... And then at the very... 
<laughs> I, I, you know we're you know we're joking right now, but I'm seriously, seriously thinking one. That's not a bad idea. Angela made us double take, and then like the policeman comes out and look here, my mustache fake. You know, and then like, <laughs> just so every little beat that is funny, everyone that we know, eat shit and live is like the big, like numbered in the middle where all the cast comes out. <laughs> I'm. Uh, seriously, I'm upset that this. Uh, if we don't make this happen, if we we need to at least know if we've got someone out there that listens that can put this together, make it happen and may, let us be like you know executive producers on this because we need to make this happen, man. Between the short shorts, the mesh shirts, I mean, we're talking grody to the max. This mm-hmm. is like this mm-hmm. is gold, my friend. Gold, Jerry. It's gold. Let's make it happen. Also, got elements of uh, <laughs> back to stage fright. Very obvious Carrie vibes. Uh, yes. I mean, not even subtle. And then definitely uh, Phantom of the Opera. Phantom of the Opera. Did you get the Texas Chainsaw Massacre? I wrote that down in my notes. That little boy. That little boy with the bus saw. Ah! As he's making the stage during the multiple montages that they have. Well, of course you're going to yeah. have multiple montages. Multiple musical montages. Of well, the of singing. course. I mean, this is a horror musical. That makes sense. But again, it's so funny. What is the one Japanese or no? Oh goes, Jesus Christ! Hey, they're like, I'm gonna set it in a special place. What is the one uh, Japanese tradition where their faces is white, and they put on a show? You, Bukaki. No, Kabuki. And so, <laughs> okay. Now again, I giggled a little at the very beginning with the whole little the the the, the disclaimer. Once the Bukaki hit. Oh, I. Laugh guffawed. I wrote it in my. I'm like, Bukaki. So, (laughs) and again, though, it just tells you exactly the kind of film this is, the kind of sense of humor you need to have. Mm -hmm. You need to go with the flow. The fact that you've got the overbearing director that is very dramatic, that is going to take. That's a creep too. Total creep. In fact, okay, I got a little bit of a Jason Biggs vibe from him. Me too. From American Pie. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if it was just maybe in the physicality, but. His whole thing, and in fact, the whole idea of pitting the two leads against each other playing Sophia, there was that nice, and it was in the montages where you'd get uh, Camille on the right and then the other girl on the left, and mm-hmm. then they would like slide into frame. And there as were, they're, they're singing duet in, in a round style. It was very stylistic, and it worked really well. And mm-hmm. it was little flourishes like that that I'm not going to say separated this movie from any others, but man, it just made it that much more memorable. It had good production value. And you need that in a music theater. Yes, you definitely need that in a music theater. This is definitely a love letter to theater kids. This is like, yeah. hey, you want to see something cool? You know you want you know you know there's people in your cast you want to kill. You know? And so <laughs> Well and it's it, it, there's a nice contrast between the musical numbers that we get with the theater kids and then we get the metal numbers mm-hmm. with our, I guess, our phantom. Our another checklist, our villain song. And we have a villain theme. Uh, in fact, I think it's uh, Enter Metal Killer is technically his main theme there. And we do have a little bit of some star-crossed lovers. We do. With the tech guy uh-huh. and Camille. Who, who pines from afar and then the the seedy director that wants to have his way. Oh, the seedy director. He just, every. Thing he did because he was 100 you want to be a star don't you like well i guess i'll give the other part to her and it's like well how bad do you want this part and i'm like dude i cannot wait for you to 
die. And that's the thing. I'm waiting for the comeuppance of some of these people where I'm like, it needs to be. And his? Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I, at first I thought, okay, the clamp in the foot was bad. That was rough. But then when he ripped it off. Break a leg. And then like, oh, yeah, you see this light? Eat it. Eat it. And the, the fact that it didn't break until like. He did a little pop, pop with his like cheeks. That. <laughs> oh my they god! They showed it for being as campy and like, and these are legit kids in peril. Like mm-hmm. these are teens and like littler little kids, kids, right? And for all the happy singing, dancing they do, it is fucking violent. And even when the the villain actually has two songs mm-hmm. when he's singing to Meatloaf, mm-hmm, that's right. Yeah, and I, the metal versions were actually pretty rad. The metal versions were pretty as someone rad. that can appreciate metal, uh, there were. Multiple fake uh, musical posters in the background. I don't know if you caught Les any of those. Les Les <laughs> and then what was the other one? The other one. I, it was. It was uh, uh, Georgia. Yeah. No. Arkansas. Arkansas. Instead that's of it. Oklahoma. That gave me a giggle. <laughs> and the the director of this, um, uh, he actually has produced a number of shorts. And this was, he was also big into musical theater. Which, well, yeah. And you can tell with this particular film, because it's one of those that you realize that this was made with, there's some love there's involved with this. There's absolutely some like, love. Like, a lot there, of love. And the fact that, like, even, like, some of the people's death goes along foreshadowed, like, the techie who and the seamstress, the se- oh. where she gets the, where she, first of all, she's making the pinhead the doll. The pinhead, yeah. Which there's is fucking the Hellraiser, yes. over there, she's like, yeah. Right? Because she's like fucking metal. Right? Very, oh, yeah. And well, then she gets the fucking uh, pit, metal, metal in the face. Like metal in the face. The kills are mean. They're wonderfully mean. Yeah. And then the music is just surprisingly saccharine as well. So you've got this. The beginning, I think, is the best contrast because mm-hmm. you've got that opening kill that is super violent and savage. And then immediately you go into that song that we just <laughs> listened to and it's. More poppy, but again, I guess technically it, it is, is a sadder the, but yeah. happy song. It sets the tone up. Like it this does. is not a serious movie. No, well, it, it it goes into straight slasher at the end. Yeah, I well, mean, completely. At the end, it goes in full on horror, which I really liked. Well, and the other thing that I don't think that it gets touched on enough is the fact that it's also pulling from pretty much um, one of those uh, Christopher Guest films in terms of waiting for Guffman. <laughs> It was waiting for Brady, I believe. Waiting for Brady, because you're bastard people, bastard people. <laughs> the fact that they're they're waiting for this individual from New York, <laughs> from Forty Second Street Productions. Oh man, you need a beaded curtain to walk yeah, to into do. the auditorium. Yeah, they, the fact that they made a point to say he's Vince Brady from Forty Second Street Productions multiple times. It's like, okay, all right, I see what you see. The floors are sticky in that theater. Yeah, they should have like people dressed up as derelicts passing out the, the, mm-hmm. the programs and everything. <laughs> it's but it just shows though that he, there's still this this drive to impress and that this is gonna make us big. The fact that the, what was the the, the the haunting of the The Haunting of the, the Opera. Yeah. <laughs> and that it was gonna be this big thing, like a revival, because it was about to be big until the murder happened and nobody else has done it. And then for the past ten years he's been putting at this little, you know, little camp together. Ten ten years to the day they decided to redo the haunted haunting of the opera. Dramatic. I, I know, right? It's so like spot on on some of the horror tropes mm-hmm. and some of the musical tropes mm-hmm. and the fact that it's like not necessarily self-separating 
Uh, but it's it's looking at itself and it knows when it's re- kind of being ridiculous, so it kind of amps that it's, up. Yeah. Well, it, it's playing to it knows the crowd ideally that should enjoy this film. And I love the whole the show must go on aspect of it, even the point of cartoony levels where. Like guy play when he's trying to talk to the xylophone and he's like, no, 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 stop, 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 boop, 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 boop. Because he's just following along. That is so well timed. The comedic timing on that was wonderful. And you don't have to have played in the orchestra pit to understand. It's just so it's so Looney Tunes aspect of it. And that's what I liked. The fact that like well, keep on playing. You Meanwhile, think that guy's name was Leopold? Leopold, Leopold, Leopold. The funny thing is, that's the exact same song that Daffy Duck and Donald Duck were playing in Who Framed Roger Rabbit when they're dueling. When they are dueling, mm-hmm. that is correct. Oh, damn. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's also what threw me. I was like, okay, they're buying time, but who was in the Phantom thing at that time when they were just, when just stumbling, stumbling around? around? Right. It was throwing. And I. It was Carrie. Was it? <laughs> and you are. Very much a person. That is all the show must go on. I've been very much a, well, is the show that important, potentially? You've been good about it, though, man. Yeah. 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 I guess. I guess. I don't know. I've always just been like, I always see things as, you know, it's always just silly, but a true performer, (laughs) someone that wants to be in the spotlight, someone that will be in the front of the curtains, they go, no, 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 no. We got this. Yeah. We'll, We'll make do. We'll figure it out. We'll improvise. But the show must go on. The show must go on. Even if you're minus part of your cast and crew. <laughs> and your director. Your director. And half your spotlights because they've been used as weapons. And like your sets because they've been brutalized and vandalized. The show must go on. <laughs> and I've seen some fairly, I don't want to say amateur productions. Um, there was this old little theater in Mission, Kansas called, I think it was like the Barnyard Theater with the Barnyard Players. And it was very low rent, which I really liked. And that's what I like with theater productions, where you have to use your imagination a little, mm-hmm. where it's the power of imagination that actually enhances the stage. But then I also appreciate the ones that are lavish, and you're like, how do they do that? Right, like the like like ice capades, like Disney on Ice, where you know, where it's like there's like pyrotechnics and and stunt wire work and all that shit. People could get hurt potentially right. doing that versus just stage left, stage right, push it in the frame, push it out. We're fine. Mm-hmm. We're fine. <laughs> I'd like to think that that production, someone could have. Like in a, you've yet to see Rushmore. That is correct. He puts on a play at the very end of that movie where people can get hurt, basically. So if we're talking like a Max Fisher performance versus what we're seeing in stage fright, right. there is a definite difference. But I need maybe a little tinge of the danger mm-hmm. within there. Oh, yeah. A little bit of the, uh, this is theater extreme. Yes, you know? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. And when, again, we're kind of going all over the place on this one, but when uh, Meatloaf's character, spoiler alert. Yeah. Again, this film is very, no, it's, oh, no, it's only. No, it's kind of new. It's yeah, not 10 years yet. 2014, that's true, that's true. So now we're going to be heavy spoilers. That's that's fair. Yeah, now, we're, now we're heavy spoilers. Because his death, his reveal. Was justified. Yes. I was not expecting, again, I remember seeing this, and I remember, oh, yeah, the brother's the phantom. He's the one that's been By the killing way, everybody. You realize who the brother is? Mm-mm. What movie he is in? What movie is he in? He is in Santa Slay. 
He's the main kid from Santa's sleigh. He's Santa the main Slay. kid. No shit. Yes. Now, rad. The day I watched Stage Fright, I went up to Screenland and I watched Brick. Brick has Rev, uh, oh, Rev, de, the girl that's also in uh-huh. Santa's sleigh, <laughs> from Lost. And I was like, hey, I'm having. I should just end the day with Santa sleigh. Can, yeah, exactly. You can't go wrong from with the get go. Though I was like. Where do I know that kid from? Mm-hmm. And then it hit me. I was like, oh, shit. I love him. And yeah, I should have probably foreseen him as the Phantom because he's the brother? really. Yeah. But he's hardly there. That's, so that's just it. That's how he stays under the radar. He's there from the beginning, but you don't realize. No. It. And then when he. First of all, his songs were pretty fucking They're rad. great. The They're kills great. were really fucking. Especially when he goes on a spree and he's just killing everybody like in a row while singing a song as well. <laughs> And the song was like, fuck you, musical theater mm-hmm. kids, right? And like a very <laughs> profanely laced uh, musical number, which I've always been a fan of. Well, of course, of I course. I appreciate that. But um, so when he gets killed, when he gets dispatched, I knew eventually it was going to happen. I was trying to remember, but I forgot that Meatloaf was the one that did it. Yeah. And he's the main, main villain. Yes. Yeah, I liked that aspect, that evil twist. That's it, some bad meatloaf. It, well, you know what you do with bad meatloaf? Just cut it out. You take a big slice of it. Oh, my God. You and take that a slice of it. just kept going and going, which I appreciated. Mm-hmm. And we actually had the little crew kids set up with that particular little bandsaw. Because there was even a bunk line in there. The... Well, there's just a little bit of the making the connection <laughs> yep. with the power. I, little, little things like that just go a long way with a movie like this for mm-hmm. me. I don't know what it is. And then the end of it, well, not the not the extra end, but the end of the play was exactly how it was supposed to be. Right. With her this in the hands dying and the whole background singing and everything and the Phantom dead. That's how it was end, supposed to end. And that's how it ended on stage. But I thought that was a very nice touch. It's effective. And yeah. I always love it when you can see the audience and they don't know what's real and what is not. Is this mm-hmm. just very elaborate? Or should we be freaking out at this point and, like, someone's dying up there? Exactly. And people brought up, people are dying. The show's got to go on. You know, there's that whole weird mentality of it. But what I, another thing at the very end, before we get to it, the song they were singing about the end of the show the, is, like, how I will be haunted the rest of my life and, like, haunted by this. And then we see she's looking in the mirror and she legit is haunted by this for the rest of her life. Yeah. I thought that was a nice full circle icing touch. It's effective. It's effective. The, the trauma that is involved there. It's kind of terrifying. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Kabuki mask, actually. It was fucking dope. Worked really, yeah, really did. well. Yeah, it did. It was proper scary. I liked it. And actually, the, the just the transformation from the, the plain Jane to the Kabuki worked really well. Mm-hmm. Like I said, it just... Everything worked in this movie. And I shouldn't be shocked, but I was... I just really enjoyed this. Like, loved Phantom of the Paradise. Just absolutely loved it. Really really dug stage fright like it was a nice nice surprise and it's underseen like yeah, well yeah that's extremely underseen and i think that's terrible especially if you like musicals or slasher flicks because yeah. oh. even if you don't like musicals i think this is funny enough and again the jokes are witty enough that now it doesn't make fun of itself no but again it's like yeah we know the tropes we know we know let's roll with the punches and put on a show oh, hey that rhymes but uh <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, that even horror hounds because when the gore hits, oh, it hits! It hits hard. It hits with a capital H. Yeah, I mean, I was un—I was shocked at the level of brutality. 
And then again, it just cuts to then you're the one thing that I not an issue with, but I I wanted more song and dance actually. Um, I can see that cut throughout. I think we we go through a large spell where we don't get that, and I understand. Mm-hmm. But in the movie, we've established they can break out in song and dance at any time. So you know, if we've got we need a little exposition. Sing it to me. Sing, sing a little exposition. I'm ready yeah. for that. I, I like that. I was waiting for Walter Frey's musical number. That guy. It, that's not. That isn't Walter Frey. Is, is it, it Walter Frey? He looked a lot he looked like, like him. A lot like Walter Frey. He, I don't know if that was by playing on the archetypes. I. But probably I would assume that is the case because you you have to have the variety of red herrings in this case, mm-hmm. and you had plenty. But they didn't really build up the kids as the red herrings as much as they did just all the creepy adults. Yeah. There wasn't any really, although it would be easy to cast suspicion on uh, the the stand-in. Mm-hmm. Oh, of course. She... Of course. Well, I mean, shit, she was the one that was going to do the carry. Yeah. I mean, she was all for that. So, no, there's, there's, there's that. Everybody who needed to get their comeuppance got their comeuppance. That's fair. That is fair. No stone left unturned or right. un, or head left unbashed, as it turns out. With said turned, un, uh, you know, turned stone. I can't find Walter. Uh, it's okay. I don't think it's Walter Frey, but he's got the Walter Frey aesthetic. Mm-hmm. Um, no, just li- again, just all those little things coming together there. Um, other thoughts there from your your notes there, genius. Uh, let's see, a slice of meatloaf. Um, <laughs> slow clap. I like the slow clap bending. The fact that it's a hit. The fact that, like, no matter all the fumbles and foils and people dying and dun 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 dun, dun the crowd loved it. How do you recreate it, though? That's the question. Right. Going back to the Daffy Duck thing. You remember the Daffy Duck one where he blows himself up and people are losing it? And, and bugs? then, the, like, well, what am I going to do for an encore yeah. as he's going up to up heaven? To heaven? Yeah. It's again. That's why I have issues with the show. Must go on again. You have to take priorities here. We just sometimes have to say right. it's okay. So if there's ever a situation where like the fireworks aren't working for our big Fourth of July spectacular show, like, <laughs> oh God. what do we do, Greg? I think we should do it. No, let's do it. Fine. And so if there's any, if I'm dealing with pyrotechnics, like, and the show, the show might go on without the pyrotechnics. That's fair. I'm not gonna like. Don't worry, dude. I got some gas and I got a lighter. And let me just throw a smoke in there. You know, it's like, yeah, that is good. I'm glad because I was going to throw out some hypothetical scenarios that. No, I'm all about the show must go on to an extent. Like if I got a broken leg and I don't have to dance, maybe. Okay. Okay. Well, I can sing. Like, ow. You know, but like, or I could talk about a horror movie if I got like a broken leg. But if I'm like, and I can't talk because I'm all numbed up or beat up or That's something. R- okay. Yeah. So there's a certain extent. Okay. And okay. I don't know if I'd work with tigers. <laughs> you know? Like, if they're like, hey, you want to host a show with the, or you want to host a television show with like a whole bunch of like animals? I'm like, cool. I like animals. What kind? Tigers and bears. And like, no. Oh, my. I might no. pass on but that They're one. just big cats. Come on, genius. I'd go see him. <laughs> if the trainer is there, I'd probably let him like touch it. But then, like, I don't want to turn into Kentucky Fried Movie where the gorilla goes insane and fucking tears out everybody. No one's pissed in your popcorn. You're fine, my friend. You're fine. Uh, no, I. This movie is equal parts funny. It's gory. It's fun. Um, just the musical bits work. I like. I said. I'm just. I just needed more music, man. I love the fact that the stage hand was the whole movie was. I do not want to go on stage. The stage is not my thing. You're fine over there. I'm fine over here. And then when they had to go get 
Next thing you know, you see at the end, he was pushing everybody away so he could be in the spotlight. And he's like, I'm here where I belong. You know? <laughs> There's a showman in all of us just dying just to get out occasionally. Just waiting to get out. Waiting to get out. It, that, that actually was also <laughs> quite good as well. That entire... No, every little character that had a, a part in this movie, it just totally worked for me. All the little kids. Yeah. There was the one that was definitely a little bit, um, you know, just... just the little precocious. I'm gonna work, yes, uh, work on my lift. Yes, the lisp girl. Oh, she her. was adorable. Loved her. Give us a little bit of exposition. And I'm glad she didn't get killed. Yes. I'm glad she was saved. There were certain people in the cast that I had, don't want to see go. Yeah. Had they been killed, I think would have been too much. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where the balance does come in because you could have made this just as fun, but just killed everyone off. Right. But they didn't. They showed some restraint. They showed restraint, and again, they showed respect and love. They they showed restraint by not killing. They showed like, hey, we want to have a fun show. We know that we're already killing kids. Right. If we start killing little precocious kids, we might step the line. Is this a Stephen King musical? Right. It's Carrie the Musical, right? But uh, <laughs> you make love like a hero. But <laughs> but anyway, no. Because that you can tell that it's made with love and care and respect because the tropes that they do work and the homages that they do throw in work very well and very funny. The songs are very yeah. funny. The situations, it's deftly balanced because it's goofy, but it's also a very violent slasher. And the violence is not over the top or that's goofy. You right. know? It's not like scary movie no, level no, of, of no, kills. It's, it's Friday the 13th yes, level of kills. In a band camp, and that's what I don't. That's two flavors that on paper shouldn't work together, but work so well. You know what I think this might even pair well as well. Pair well as well. Um, that also is very charming, but also horrific. Was freaky. Mm -hmm. Another one where the kills were over the top and crazy, but it had a lot of heart, had some charm to it. Kind of like with this one as well. I just yeah. it, it, like I said, I'm. I shouldn't say I keep saying shock, but I just I really enjoyed this one, man. This was. A great way, I think, to close out the month of May. I thought you might dig it, especially the metal songs. Oh, the, I think the metal. Yeah. I was like, I think the metal songs will sell you. Oh, the metal. Uh, the, the the metal songs didn't. They just added to it. You know, it just enhanced something that I was already sold on for the most part. Uh, final thoughts, there, genius. Before we wrap this up, I enjoyed it. The whole uh, knife kill, the, the the bonk and the shanks and all that stuff. It worked. The it whole did. movie, it I just worked. had a nice little smile on my face because I'm laughing or I'm like, that's a great kill or I'm in genuine like suspense, like, oh, shit, she's being chased mm -hmm. by somebody and then mm -hmm. like, fuck, it's meatloaf. You know, hot patootie. Bless your soul, man. No, mm -hmm. it's, it's it works. It totally works. And I'm curious to find out what you all think about this one. And again, we know there are a number of other horror musicals out there that we did not touch upon that are probably your favorites. But the fun I had this month there's no doubt we're going to revisit oh, yeah. this whole theme again. Mm -hmm. May Musicals, the sequel. The sequel. Here we go again. <laughs> so here in the month of June, uh, just to give you all a, a peek. Dun, 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 dun. Things are going to get giant-sized mm -hmm. as we're going to be celebrating the month of Kaijun. We're still going to be singing, but instead of singing show tunes, you're going to be singing Masurai, Masurai. So until that time, this is Greg D. And I'm Genius Mickey. And we'll see you in your dreams. Overture, curtain lights, this is it, the night of nights. <laughs> <laughs>